spell. So before I get into this episode, I just want to put a little disclaimer out there because it happens every time. Every time I share something, whether it is via the podcast or on my Instagram page, there is at least one to two people that have a very intense reaction and take what I'm saying personally um, or as though it's directed. And I've talked about this before on earlier episodes with guests of mine about how, especially when you're a practitioner and you're pretty open about a lot of things, there is a tendency to feel very familiar and very comfortable with the people you're engaging with. And while I think that connectivity is so beautiful, I think before you have a reaction and take it personally, because most of the time it's not, I really, it's like things I talk and say about, like I'm very careful with what I'm talking about. It's not personal. And I'm, I'm not into like passive aggressive digs at people I don't know. You know, this is like kind of weird for me to be this public. Um, so please, it's not personal. If you're having a reaction, I think it's really good to explore what you're reacting to. Why am I feeling triggered by what this person is saying? And what is it that I'm responding to before you, you know, quick to type? <laughs> because, you know, it's just a lot to manage. Also, just another FYI, um, my emails are not private. I have a virtual assistant who's a friend of mine who sees them. So just remember that when you're writing me very deeply personal and possibly triggering things, I also don't like receiving those emails where it's without a warning, um, but also know that it's not just me reading them. So anyway. I love you and I appreciate your presence in my life. And I know I've been absent for a bit and I think it's been a few things. One, you know, my grandmother who was like one of my primary caregivers when I was a child, she died and long like age, very well lived, but um, you know, it's still a lot to process. It brought up a lot of family kind of uncomfortable dynamics and drama and that I had to deal with. Plus I have big changes with my shop and my business. And anyway, it's, it's had me in a state, you know, and I feel like I was born sad. <laughs> like I knew coming into this world, like it was going to be a challenge and I have to fight a lot to manage that sadness. And like, I have a lot of friends who very much advocate for Earth and being here. And I'm not anti-Earth, by the way. I just, I just can't relate or like be a Stan fan, as the kids say, of humans. <laughs> I want to believe. I really do. I want to believe. And I, I don't think that all humans are terrible. However, the way this species treats one another, even the ones they love, is mind-boggling at best. Like, why? And, you know, it's just, I live in a constant state of not feeling like I'm in the right place home-wise. 
It's a displacement that only a few people I know have been able to truly understand. Like I'm most at home when I'm not at home. And I, I sometimes wonder if it's a byproduct of my like mixed multiracial identity, like coming from many places, like and just like total dysfunction. Or like maybe it's just feeling like I'm part extraterrestrial and like my longing is missing a place that doesn't exist on this planet. I do think having three near-death experiences and feeling what it feels like to be out of body and then back in also probably attributes to some of this longing. And um, There's a line in a Buzzcock song um, that says, surfing on a wave of nostalgia for an age yet to come. The first time I heard that line, I felt whole and completely understood all at once poor Pete Shelley (laughs) rest in peace Pete Shelley I like accosted him one night when I was drunk at the Echo (laughs) he was DJing he was like doing a special DJ set I can't remember if it was like it must have been like 2007 I was like you changed my life (laughs) I was dancing with him because he had come out of the booth and he's like pretty sure you did that all on your own love oh peach jelly from the moment like I was born I've been trying to get back to a freedom that I feel like I only understood before I entered my body and the pull to be anywhere is a challenge for me like when people ask me And what's interesting is the pull for me to be anywhere with anyone, like it has to be a magnetic pull, right? Like a full-bodied yes. Like I can feel myself move forward. Like I, you know, can't explain it. And when I think about where should I live and I think about places, like I don't have that feeling. Funny enough, the last time I had that feeling was at the gym yesterday, which I've recommitted to getting back into my physical body. And um, so I was blasting Tribe Call Red and like going hard on the elliptical and the nearby TV screen showed this cartoon that was like very men in black style and it had a UFO that zoomed to the center and beamed someone up. And I felt this smile like widen across my face, like Cheshire Cat style. And I, I felt that magnetic pull. I felt like my whole damn chest, like, ah, relax. I'm like, damn, maybe there is home and there's some kind of hope that a ship is going to come and beam me up. Is it possible? (laughs) I am trying to enjoy this vacation on Earth, but sometimes it's really a challenge to want to, like, be here. Everything is... um, right in front of our face for all of us to see constantly we're being inundated so I want to remind you to take breaks take breaks and do things that replenish your spirit love on the people that you love Um, you know be kind and um, 
you know, in the meantime, I will do my best to keep showing up in an honest capacity. And that's part of why I'm taking a break from this month. My books will reopen June 15th to book uh, July appointments, but I really need this month to just do things that make me feel happy to be here. Otherwise, like, it's too much. So, yeah. I post um, on my Instagram for you all to send me some questions, and we're going to do that. So let's get to it, shall we? All right. Sorry, I needed to take a pause before answering some of these questions and um my mood has definitely shifted (laughs) for a number of reasons but here we are uh a couple of you requested a collective reading or a reading for the summer i'm gonna do a collective reading energy kind of look with oracle cards at the month of June. I'll do that after I answer some of these questions. So I realize sometimes putting you know, a Q&A out there can bring in a whole host of things. And I know that the character amount in the box is limited, but sometimes um, some of the questions coming in don't make sense to me because they kind of When I'm reading it, like I I don't understand. So if I don't answer your question, I'm not ignoring you. I just, I don't understand the question. So I'll do my best. Um, Like for example, discernment between intuitive guidance and escapist patterns. I would love to know what escapist patterns you're speaking of. Uh, because in the same way that people ask, how do I know if it's intuition or fear or anxiety? I ask you how it sits with you in your body. Is it a gentle knowing, even if it's tough information? Does it spin you out in the same way? Or is it avoidance? Um, Intuition to me and trusting it is really key and important for knowing if it's your intuitive guidance. Now, listen, we're humans for the most part. If you don't feel like you can trust fully your perception of something because of your own trauma, anxiety, attachments, things like that, I would say get another opinion from someone who you feel can be unbiased to your situation and not read off of your fear or anxiety. I have to get second and third opinions often because even if I am hearing my intuition clearly, if my fear or anxiety is stronger, I'm not going to allow myself to lean into it. So hopefully that offers some support because I'm not sure what escapist patterns means. This next question, um, let me see. Oh, this was another one. I didn't really understand what the meaning was. Um, okay, I'm going to skip it, because I'm sorry. I don't, I don't understand what you're asking me. Uh, 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 uh. 
My elderly mother just self-diagnosed with autism. Any tips on how I can support her? We have a lifelong boundary issue, but I want to do right by her. Well, again, it, it's like a, a boundary issue. Like, in what respect? Um, is she over, like, crossing your boundaries, that kind of thing? I think sometimes the best thing we can do with someone... Um, I do believe self-diagnosis is valid. And I think that if you can, you don't, because this is also your mother, you're not their parent, you can offer support or um, point them in the direction of resources that could offer maybe peer support or help, especially with um, late diagnoses for uh, mothers and women. Like there are others out there that are going on this journey as well. So perhaps being of support by helping your mother find others or information like testimonials from others and how they get care and support. And there's probably going to be a lot of grieving um, that comes up for her. I know that when I got my diagnosis, I had to really... Um, go through this process of loss and it was really depressing uh, for a little bit because I had to grieve all of, I mean I'm getting emotional now thinking about it all of the times that I did not have support or know what was wrong with me Um, all of the times that I was misunderstood or overstimulated and maybe awful to people closest to me because I didn't have words. All of the times I was infantilized uh, because of being very intellectual in some areas and pretty dumb in other areas or what was considered not bright in certain social situations. I would say just have a lot of compassion and remember that you're the child still And you can hold space of support, but maybe being part of helping them find a supportive container to talk to others, that would be my recommendation. If you weren't doing what you do now, what other path would you have chosen? Well, I think if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, I would probably be dead three times over. Um an artist first and foremost, you know, I made a kind of life just printing like silk screening and painting and performing in my 20s and playing music, right? Um, uh, That was all I really wanted to do. When I was really little, there was two things I wanted to be when I grew up. One was a waitress and the other was a race car driver. So maybe I would have done one of those. I definitely was a waitress for a little while. Um, I guess it's never too late for me to become a race car driver. Uh, What do you like or dislike about the gifts you have? I love and loathe the fact that I can feel everything. (laughs) I have this impossible ability to make meaning in everything, which 
can drive a lot of people crazy. Um, and I get very, very emotionally, physically, mentally overwhelmed because I can feel everything. Um, and when it's sad and depressive, it's really, it's really hard because a lot of times too, I feel into things before they are kind of happening and I can't explain it logically or with facts like, Hey, this is happening in the world and this is why I feel like this. It isn't usually until like a month later or a couple months later, something like things start occurring and then I'm going, Oh, that's why I was that way. Um, and that can be hard. Um, feeling really isolated and like able to understand so much about others yet not be able to relate. And on the upside, I don't know, I'm so hypersensitive to everything, like in this way that like joy feels so euphoric. And when I allow myself to stay open and I can feel people's like true open hearts, like that's beautiful. My whole body lights up. My everything gets excited. And it's just, we're just noticing things like in nature. Um, the sweetness between other beings to each other when it's like happening, that feels really good. So that's nice. Do you ever doubt the information you're about to give someone? No. <laughs> and that is not to sound cocky or on my high horse, but if I am doubtful, I, well, here's the other thing. I never am sure. Like, yes and no. There's, there is, I, we are all personally responsible in, like, we all have to take our own accountability, right? I can hold space, but I tell people all the time in sessions or even in the collective readings, like, take what you need and leave the rest. Like, not everything is for you. Not everything is going to make sense. And not everything is going to happen. Like, um, as this says, exactly all the time, because we have an ability to change our mind. We have an ability to move ahead. I also don't just like to talk just to talk, just to hear myself. It doesn't feel right to me just to kind of, I don't make huge future predictions. Uh, the work that I do is about the here and now and about healing what you're dealing with presently and perhaps even pulling up stuff that you cannot see for yourself but exists. So... Um, And it's also not just like a flat one-line answer. Like when, when I do a session with somebody, it is a conversation. We get to the root of what you are experiencing and what you really want to work on. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just me yammering at you, saying, I know this, I know that, because I know nothing. Also, there's the difference when... We're in a session. It's not me telling you. It's me channeling the information. And this is like another thing I try to explain to people sometimes when I'm doing a session. It's like 
when I'm channeling, I have people are like, oh, wait, stop. I need you to repeat or I need you to go back. I need you. And I'm like, or what does this mean? And a lot of times I have no idea what it means. It's just what is coming through and then it can be broken down and interpreted. And a lot of times, sometimes the information that's coming in might not make sense at that moment, but it does over the next couple of days. Um, so yeah, do I doubt what information that I'm giving to someone? I guess, no. I mean, the short, the short answer is no. Um, does it mean it's always exact and correct? No. Things change. Um, what spiritual self-care do you do before a reading? Thanks. So on the days that I'm doing readings, I try, I do nothing on those days, meaning like every other day I'm busy, I'm, you know, attending to some other aspect of the work that I do. But on days that, that I'm doing readings, I try to give myself buffer time in between each client, you know, it's a process of just getting in the zone, um, being, sometimes I'll put music on, sometimes I will, I have an oil that I make that I wear, sometimes I'll just like sit with that, scent is really important for me, um, getting more into a meditative space, it's a little bit, I do try to slow down time, if that makes sense, because I'm usually so rushed and always running around. So I just like to take that time to really get present for each person. And that's why also I'm kind of a stickler and a hard ass about people being on time and, you know, um, getting off on time. Because if I have a few people booked, I want to make sure that I give each person the same amount of energy and attention. Um, equally distributed and then usually afterwards um like I said before but I just want to preface like what I do after uh sometimes I will just like lay flat on my back on the floor <laughs> drink water um I'm not very good at like feeding myself like things like that you know sometimes I like wish lord could like go get me to like take out or like rub my feet, but that's not gonna happen. So I tend to like veg out really hardcore after because it is quite tiring, um, or it can be. Some days it can be very tiring. An in-depth breakdown of your offerings, uh, how to know if it's a good, how to know it's a good fit for someone. Okay. So on my website, there is definitely a breakdown of some of the services. And I've actually removed a couple of services because they're very intense. And I just don't know if I, I think I, I kind of overestimated my ability to hold space in those ways. I can definitely do it, but maybe not do it as often as I was trying to offer it. Also, I think my best way to work with me, I think if you're unsure about working with me about some of the more intense stuff like shadow guidance or preternatural guideship, which I'm not currently offering preternatural guideship unless I like feel like it's a good next step. Um, I would say book a reading to get a vibe 
of the way I do a reading, the way I communicate. Um, I'm not a hand holder or a coddler, but I am not going to be your mom or mean to you or tough. I will say what I'm saying with clear intention. And if I usually can tell if the reading is not a good match within the first 10 minutes. And I will interrupt and I will refund your money. But after like 10, 15 minutes, um, you know, it's, I think it's the person's responsibility also to, to communicate with me if they're having a hard time connecting. Um, so uh, intuitive session is a combination of I'm using tarot and oracle cards and I'm communicating with your guides, teams, your guidance. Sometimes this can be dead people, ancestors, relatives, friends. Sometimes it can be just spiritual guides, whether if you work with certain pantheons or um, there's certain energies that, that are connecting with you, that, that also comes through. It's not the same thing for every person because so many people are multifaceted. Um, and in terms of mediumship, mediumship, I do do communication with the deceased, but it's not like Teresa Caputo over here. I'm not getting like names and things like that. But, you know, sometimes we have relatives that are people that have crossed over that we want to connect to and they have messages. Sometimes they show up, sometimes we invite them in. And that's kind of how that works. Shadow guidance is a more like pointed and in-depth focus where we look at your relationship to your shadow, specifically like what it actually stems from, what we can do to like work on, like what are you hanging on to that's not working and what can you call in to support you, like how to integrate it, um, not for you know, the faint of heart kind of thing. I would say I'm not a party reader. Um, yeah. Preternatural guideship, if, you know, again, it has to be like a process of me getting to know you a little bit if we're going to work that way. And this is probably the closest thing I have to a kind of uh, mentorship in this, in this way of we look at like the kind of more really radical weird stuff and how to magically connect to it. So yeah, there's some extraterrestrial talk. There's some deeper magic practices and solutions. I basically share with you like how I deal with stuff, but looking at like, like this is for the stuff where people really want to get weird. <laughs> and I would say, um, I find that this kind of reading works really well with practitioners who are kind of in that same zone and they're not like scared of things that are not love and light you know because sometimes divine infernal stuff comes up and I know that like demons and demonology freaks people out I mean it's not the only thing that comes up but you know you mentioned aliens and people get weird sometimes <laughs> but there we go um oh magic in your familiar that is my animal communication um, reading, and that is a relationship reading between you and your familiar. Now, this typically is for animals that you are currently connected to that are part of the uh, physical reality, not 
pets who are deceased. Um, I do not do lost pets or deceased pets. Uh, sometimes they come through, but it's not part of this type of reading. For those types of readings, I recommend Michael Lane. He is amazing. He's out of Hollywood. And he is who I go to when I need a little help with Lord. Um, so Magic and Your Familiar sessions are meant to strengthen the bond between you and your familiar, to get you on the wavelength of learning each other's language and how to best work together. So that is that. Uh, past life healing and timeline jumping, I also used to offer those privately. I'm now only doing those as groups, as I think that, you know, when people want to do those types of works, it, it like usually calls to them. I don't want people to feel like um, unnecessarily like booking these things, thinking that they're going to bypass some part of their healing because they're going to timeline jump. Timeline jumping is a powerful, powerful modality, but you have to be able to take full responsibility. Also, like if you are triggered by me in any way, meaning like you shrink up your shoulders, you have a ugh reaction to my voice or anything, do not book with me. Don't book with anyone that makes you feel weird, okay? I think there are a lot of people sometimes that book with readers just because they know someone went to them and spoke about them or they think they've got to because of a certain thing, but they're not feeling it. Please don't do that. You know, there's plenty of people out there to work with. Um, and... Um, yeah, you got to really, really, really like, I'll, I will sometimes, like I said, I will offer those offerings in a group setting now just because it can be a little bit more self-paced when you do that. Because working with me one-on-one, -on -one, it's intense. I'm not going to baby you. I'm not going to like lead you down a dark path and I'm not going to abandon you in your session, but I'm also not going to like go light and fluffy on you, you know, like it's like that meme, uh, like where the guy is like, grab my hand, grab my hand. Now we wait. And then all of a sudden he's like, go, 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 go. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. That makes me crack up, but that's, I'm with you. You got me on the journey, you know, and I'm a, I mean, I'm a fucking warrior. <laughs> I'm not afraid. There's not a lot of things that I am afraid of. I will tell you that. Um, so you got me there, but I need you to do your part, okay? Okay. So I'm like, I lost my train of thought. Okay. How do you recommend nurturing intuition in small children? By letting them be children. By encouraging them to talk about their, like, things that they see, their, their imaginary friends, teaching them about how to trust what they're feeling, teaching them how to communicate, um, teaching them healthy boundaries. I find that um, adults often shush children because they want them to behave. And I do think that like having some of your own boundaries and parameters are good, but like what happened to just like letting kids play and not telling them that that's not real? Um, so there's that. 
simple protection spells for if you know there's bad feelings, jealousy, anger directed at you. Uh, I've talked about this in my psychic uh, self-defense class, and there are a couple of ways. Um, I guess it depends if it's like online or in person. Um, If it's like in person and you, you know, there's, I would say, if if you really want to get in depth with it, like take the class. Like I have it in my Teachable. I think it's like forty something, and it's a downloadable file with tons of tips and tricks. But I guess really quickly, like if you're just like in a bind and you're out, or I guess online too, um, visualize a mirror ball around you. That's one way to do it. Um, protective amulets. I really think, you know, um, (laughs) again, this is also like, depends on the situation, right? Um, And I talk a lot about too, like sometimes those jealousy or anger things, it's not how open are you to taking them in? Now, um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It does. Tra- oh, I, I get it. Sometimes I get whammied, but I kill, I, I'm every time I've gotten really whammied by someone else's like weird, uh, evil eye or like shade. It's because I was feeling quite honestly like trash about myself and my own self-worth. So work on the self-worth, but also mirror, mirror that shit back and just say, or, Oh, you know, it's a good one. Um, and it's in my book, Priestess. It's uh, return to sender, all negative energy here. Return to sender until I'm energetically clear. You can say that a few times. Return to sender, all negative energy here. Return to sender until I'm energetically clear. Return to sender, all negative energy here. Return to sender until I'm energetically clear. But yeah, if you want more like in-depth tips, tricks for different scenarios, check out the class. How did you start about learning about tarot and past lives and ESP? Um, well, I was always into like weird stuff when I was little. I was really into the mysteries of the unknown time life series and like doing magic tricks when I was like in fifth grade, trying to levitate people. <laughs> um, uh, but what really brought me to it, my own path of it, and my mom had some friends who were like, use tarot cards all the time like to find me especially like when I ran away when I was 14 um but uh rehab um I OD'd I talk about that I've talked about this before as well uh the short version the cliff notes version is I overdosed uh in 1995 and when I woke up all the lights were on and um my step-grandmother gave me a deck of tarot cards and I learned how to do astro charts by hand to kill time in treatment. <laughs> and then many moons later, I found out that my father knows how to read cards, my biological father. My grandmother was a tarot reader at Woodstock, and my great-grandmother was a seer. So I couldn't get away from it, I guess. Um, do you embrace hermeticism? Uh, for me personally, uh, I don't practice hermeticism. Do I know people that do? Absolutely. 
Do I think that there is a to each his own to every practice? Yes. Do I have a solid traditional practice? No. My practice is very um, eclectic uh, because of a few reasons. Multiracial, multilineages, um, the one time I thought about devoting myself to a practice, like to almost like to a religion, um, I got a very strong psychic warning not to. For me personally, this is not for everyone. And I was told it's because I am to be omnipresent, because I am not to close my doors to anyone that needs to speak to me. And if I had committed to this one path, I would shut down the roads to the other people who need to find me. So yeah, I I see it. I, I, I acknowledge Hermeticism's existence, and I have some great people that practice Hermeticism around me, um, but again, omnipresent. How do you stop comparing your practice, life, etc., with others? Uh, you know, the compare and despair of life is inevitable, especially with how much access we have to other people's lives. And I want to assure you that nobody's life is as magical as it looks on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty magical. It is special. It's pretty fucking unique. But... Um, I think you just have to come back to your practice, what's authentic and original to you, and do the things that make you feel in integrity and good. And over time, you will find what works for you. I think it's natural to want to emulate sometimes people that we admire, but you still have to do things for you. You know, um, and I, I really wish, you know, there was a pill for us all to be unbothered and uh, come out of that cycle of compare and despair, but it's hard, right? Mm. Mm. Try to just, um, try to look at what your you know, what feels most at home in your heart when you're doing your practice and, and nourish that, water that, grow that. And maybe don't look at stuff or take breaks from looking at other people's kind of lives that they're maybe just presenting surfacely because you don't always know what's going on. <sighs> Simple tips for staying connected to practice when capitalism and life keeps you too busy. You just, I, my simple tip is prioritization. And I know it's hard sometimes. We have to, um, I get it, you know, we have to pay bills, we have to take care of things. But if you know that your practice is gonna make you feel more balanced or at ease, you have to like prioritize it, even if you have to schedule it, even if you have to get up earlier or stay up a little bit later. Um, also, don't beat yourself up if, you, if it ebbs and flows. 
we can't be all things all the time. Um, we're human. Just, just try to be kinder to yourself. Have more compassion. I feel I see so many people beating themselves up about their practices and their rituals. You know what? Like, you know how many moon ceremonies I've done this year? Not many. And I used to be religious about it. Why? Because I don't have the energy. I don't have the, the, the capacity to sit and connect with a ton of people. I, you know, I'll, some days my practice looks like me lighting a fucking tea light candle and putting on Netflix. Um, you know, and, uh, it's, um, and then some days it's like I build a beautiful altar, you know, just, just really work with your own rhythm and flow. Okay, one more question before I do the June reading, because this is getting very long. Ancestors, how do I connect? Make a space for them in your home, even if you don't know them. Dedicate, I don't know, a shelf or a small area. Leave them something. A glass of water, they're thirsty. Start there. Just start talking, you know? Start talking. There's so many ways that you can begin this practice. You just have to begin. Okay. Thank you so much for all of the questions. I'm sorry if I did not answer your question. It's just because, like I said, I did not quite understand it. So looking at the energies for the month of June, I'm going to be using my Sacred Symbols 3rd edition. Thank you to everyone who picked up a copy before I archived them. The fourth edition will be out later this year. All right. We're going to look at what... You can hear me shuffling. Okay, what are we being met with? What to let go of? What to call in? And where it's headed? This is the energy, collective energy for June. As always, take what you need and leave the rest. The first card, what are we being met with? We got meditate. It's time to chill. It's time to come back to center. It's time to do the things that bring you, um, again, to center, a place of peace. This is time to be of service. If you cannot find peace within yourself, go be of service. Go help someone else, okay? Get out of your own damn way. Um, this is also about having faith. This is also about not pushing things to happen before they are ready to happen. Like if you need to have a meditation practice through for the month of June, meditation doesn't have to just be sitting still doing nothing. Meditation can be going for a walk. Okay. Find stillness as much as you can in June because that is meeting you. Balance is meeting you and greeting you. And sometimes that balance means to get out of your own way and maybe go help someone else. What to let go of? We've got friendship. I think there's going to be a lot of changes in friends and communities this summer. Um, and it's bittersweet, right? It's, it's absolutely bittersweet because we want some people to just be on the journey with us, right? 
we hope and, and want to share in our successes and our joys. And, but not everybody can. You know, I just think that we are shifting into a new reality with relationships. And I think that if you are finding that you're not aligning with certain groups or people anymore, it's not because you're bad or they're bad. It's just that your mindsets are different, right? So, like, if, for example, if you're starting to come out of a certain type of mindset about resources and how you manage your income and things like that, and you're a part of a mindset, like a group, and the scarcity mindset is like the predominating feeling of the group, like kind of people have a little bit of fear, anxiety, and that's fine. We're all working through different types of our perspectives, but like that can be like a ball and chain. I was just explaining this to a friend, like that can feel like a ball and chain on your ability to create because you don't want to like feel like you're um, not being supportive or maybe you're, you know, you start questioning your motives and bringing up self-doubt when you actually need to expand and you can't create big like you really want to with like people who can't believe with you, right? To create big, you really need to be with other believers who can co-create the same capacity or at least envision like you having a big life, right? Because maybe you envisioning, like maybe envisioning you having a big life is not like an F you to the people suffering, but maybe your elevated position could help someone else. You know what I'm saying? Um, otherwise, it can feel like you're drowning and you're further, like the sadder and more depressive and further away you get from being your full kind of expansive self. And that's just like one example. I'm noticing huge shifts in my relationships right now. I'm noticing that, well, I've noticed it a few times in the last year when I left physically where I was living, all of the people that evaporated, right? Stopped calling, stopped inviting me to things, stopped connecting. Um, when I got into a relationship, um, the friends who were really anti-relationship disappeared. When I got out of relationship and went through hellish, depression and isolation and almost relapsed the people that receded like the ocean <laughs> um and now coming out of another time period of loss but also great things like having these really big things happen for my career and maybe other people new people popping up that feel exciting and new while my old friends can't see like this elevation for me as a good thing because they're traumatized by their own mistrust and PTSD. Um, it's sad, right? But it's also, I would rather be connected to the people who where we can all elevate each other, you know? And it's, it's not about what can you do for me. It's like, how can we help each other? 
how can we do this together? Um, you know? So there might be some changes, I'm just saying. We got let go of friendship. Colin transmutes the symbol of the snake shedding its skin. It's about calling in your ability to transmute the energy from one thing to another. This is high magic. Use your own magic to turn your anxiety into excitement, to turn your nervousness into curiosity, to make changes um, that help create your desired outcome for things. And where it's leading, we have psychic. So June leaves us feeling more intuitive, more open. Um, this is a good sign for those of you who are wanting to kind of dive into your psychic practices. Um, it could all create, also create some strong psychic cords and connections. So that's part of it too. Like maybe you're also like releasing some of these people so you can develop deeper, like communicative relationships um, on a emotional, mental, and physical level with others that are more in alignment with you. Also strong dream time. So yeah. So there you have it. That's the energies for June. Mercury goes direct tomorrow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for being with me on this journey. I appreciate you. Blessed be. Thank you.